Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here with my fabulous co-host Tara Lee Weathers. That's me. Hello everyone. Yay. <laughs> back again for another episode of Groove Therapy. And before we get started, Tara Lee, why don't you tell our listeners about what you're up to and how they could work with you if they'd like to? Yeah, so I have a really great program called The Rocking Life Entrepreneur. And so if you are a person with ADHD and you have a zillion ideas and you want to learn how you can put them all together to create a business that is really fun and also makes you sustainable income, I would love to talk to you. So you can head on over to my Instagram. It's at Rocking Life with two underscores and message me the word magic and I will get back to you right away with how I can support you to allow that to happen for you. And I'm so looking forward to that. So Leah, what are you up to? Yeah. So go text the word magic to Tara Lee if that sounds something like that you're interested in. And yeah, what I have going on is getting ready to open up membership to the Shine Collective on April 22nd, which is super exciting. Uh, And the Shine Collective is an online membership for live music fans who are really ready to prioritize their health and wellness and do it in a fun and authentic way. Maybe you know exactly what you want to do or you need to be doing, but you're not doing it. So it helps to provide the education on why it's important, what to do, but then also and also how to do in really simple and easy ways to implement in in your life, but also the support in, you know, showing up for yourself, which is really the hardest part. So I'd love for you to go to my website at embodiedgroove.com right now and sign up for my newsletter because that is the best way to stay in touch with all that's going to be happening. Woohoo! Everybody get on that and get in the Shine Collective. I know that you won't regret it. Yeah, it is time to shine from the inside out. <laughs> so this guest, speaking of shining from the inside out, he is very shiny and so inspirational, and it was so fun to get to know him. So Tara Lee, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about him? Yeah, so Greg McLaughlin is someone who has been on the scene for a really, really long time. I've had the pleasure of seeing him with his band Buzz Universe, and now I have seen him on many, many of Mondays since the pandemic has begun because he plays a set every single Monday on Busking Down the House, and he has created such an incredible community of people that have never met each other in real life, but they have the common thing of that they just love Greg and what he is creating and his songs and his music and his personality and everything about him. And it's really, really something special. And I would say that Greg shows has definitely been a silver lining during this whole pandemic as it like 
gives people something to look forward to because we've always like had all shows in the past to look forward to and we haven't recently. And so he's giving you that thing where you're like, I know on Monday I'm going to get to see Greg do his thing. And he's a songwriter and he's a bassist and he's a singer and he's just an incredible person. And you're going to get to see just how incredible he is by listening to the rest of this podcast when we interview him. Yeah. Yeah. We really wanted to, you know, highlight somebody who has taken this time and really kind of gone with an opportunity of this time, which was, you know, showing up for Greg in a virtual space on a regular basis and to just show the magic and the community that can be brought out of that. And so while we were interviewing Greg, it was kind of cool because he was talking about these people that are showing up on a regular basis. And we decided that it would be really cool if we reached out to them and asked them what their experience has been like, you know, being a part of Greg's community on Monday nights. And so we received a couple of audio sound bites from some people who show up regularly. So we thought it might be fun to play those before the interview to just kind of give you guys a little taste of what Greg's music and showing up on a regular basis has meant to other people. So the first one that we have is from Marissa. And this is what Marissa says. Greg's energy is just so pure and sincere. He has such a healing vibe to him. Not only are the songs catchy, but the lyrics are amazing. And Mondays just don't suck anymore. When I wake up on Monday, I know that I have to, you know, do my day, have my errands. But then I really, I get happy when I know that I have 8 o'clock to see the TGIM show. We just love Greg so much. He's become such a part of our lives. The music is fantastic and refreshing. Aw, I love that. Monday doesn't suck anymore. That means... That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how, and you know, I don't know whether when she said we, she meant like somebody else in her household, but it felt to me like she might've been talking about the whole community. Yeah. I definitely think she was. That's like, that was the sense that I got as well, that she's like, it's we now and they don't even know each other in real life. It's so cool. Yeah. But there's like this community that, that has been brought together by Greg's music and also by just his showing up every Monday for them and providing a space and experience for them to really look forward to. So let's hear also what Bree had to say. Greg's music for the last year has filled a void for me for live music. Every Monday night, I know that I can tune in and I can dance and I can tap my feet along and sing along to his music. And it's just been such a constant that I can't even imagine what it would be like not having him play on a Monday night. His shows are always filled with such great energy and great music and great covers. And honestly, the party in the comments is something that I look forward to, that interaction with other live music fans. I really appreciate Greg for doing that for all of us every Monday night. And 
when people say, oh, you have a case of the Mondays, I always say, hell yeah, I do. TGIM, everybody, because Mondays do not suck anymore. Not when you're tuning in to that Greg McLaughlin show on Busking Down the House. Nice. <laughs> you can just yes. hear the excitement like coming out. Of I her know. Voice. <laughs> I'm like excited just listening to her <laughs> talk about it. Like I'm like, yes. <laughs> Is it Monday yet? <laughs> right. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, and I love how she talked about the party in the comments section too, and the interaction mm. that she was having with people. And how, like, it feels like she was like, you know, I'm having interaction with, like, friends at a show. And yet they're, like, behind screens typing. But yet he somehow, like, created a way of, like, taking the screen away so mm -hmm. people can really connect on a deep level. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear a little bit about how Greg does this and get on over to the interview. But before we do that, we should say that we are a part of Osiris Media and definitely go and check out the other Osiris podcasts. You can do that at osirispod.com. Yes. And also follow us on Instagram, Groove Therapy Podcast, and become a part of our community. If you're somebody who watches Greg's shows every Monday and you want to also tell us how amazing it is, head on over to the community and share there. It's the Groove Therapy Podcast community on Facebook, and we'd love to have you. And we'll be right back with Greg. And we're back and we have Greg with us. I'm so excited for this time where we get to hang out because I haven't seen you in real life for so long. So this is the next best thing where we get to actually have a conversation with each other for the next like 45 minutes ish. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yay, I'm here. Hey, Tara Lee. Hey, guys. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for yeah. having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. And our theme for this episode is the silver linings of COVID. And you have definitely been someone who has like inspired me during this whole time, just with all the things that you're doing. So do you want to share a little bit about what you're up to and how like so many people also would agree that you are like one of the major silver linings of COVID? That's incredibly humbling. I don't know <laughs> how it really happened, except that people started playing online during COVID and I gave it a shot and it seems to have connected right out of the gate and kind of pinching myself over that because no one really knew who I was before this time. And uh, now some people do. And the fact that you guys are inspired is awesome enough. Never mind everyone else that I've connected with. So, yeah. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Greg does a show, a live stream every Monday, and you do it through Busking Down the House, right? Through Busking Down the House, and then it's shared all over Facebook, different pages. Yeah, and he has like every time there's like almost 500 comments. So it's created a community. So not only do you get to enjoy his amazing music, but there's also this like community of people that love him. Like, how does that feel? It uh, feels amazing. People like, seem it's the to... worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's very strange. You're standing in your kitchen. You're hearing no sound at all, but you're just seeing these little hearts blast on your monitor. That's all I see is hearts the whole time. And every time I see one of those hearts, it just kind of pumps me up a little bit more. 
and it's just a different thing than a live show and it's a heck of a creative outlet for myself so yeah it feels pretty great I gotta be honest yeah, well, I've noticed you like sometimes do a cover set or like an all request set or you're like, I'm going to play this song that I wrote for the first time ever. So is it also allowed you to maybe like take some more risks in your music than you did before? Or have you always been a risk taker and this is just another way to do it? I'd say I've always been a risk taker, but the motivation to keep the audience engaged week after week has put me in a situation where I just want to bring it to the next level every single week. And that's not easy to do when you're completely by yourself, especially as a bass player. And yeah, so the motivation to take risks is huge. I could definitely have my dozen or so songs that I know are the straight up winners, but um, I'm always motivated to try something different and sometimes take a chance playing something which may or may not go over so well at a prime slot just to, to engage the ones who I know are their true fans who want that type of thing from me. So. And do you notice the same people coming back week after week? I do. I do. You know, I've got several who haven't missed any in the last 30 or so shows. And then there's Mm -hmm. other ones who are there like every other week. And um, like the ones who never miss a show, are also there from the second I start until the second I end, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Um, And then, you know, I also just want to be there for casual people who want to pop in and be entertained for a bit. So I don't expect everyone to have that level of engagement. But, and I do hope to meet all of these folks someday because out of all the people who are there every week, I've only met one of them in person in my life. Hmm. Well, what were you doing pre-COVID? Like, Prior to a year ago today, what were you up to? Okay, well, uh, Tara Lee first met me because I was in a jam band called Buzz Universe for about nine years. And we broke up and we never really officially broke up, but we stopped playing actively in 2012. And in the time since I was in that band, I have been mostly playing locally around Jersey City and New York City area. And just... I've really been building my chops as a songwriter by playing open mics constantly and writing and releasing music and putting myself out there as a bass player for others. But I was pretty, um, I still remain pretty active in Jersey city and the music community. So I stay busy, you know, there's not much to do right now, obviously, but I was more of a local guy, I guess. And this, the magic of social media has given me an opportunity to reach a much wider audience. So these people that are showing up week after week weren't necessarily showing up to your live shows before COVID. Well, I didn't know any of them. I didn't know any of them. So a few of them are local, but several of them are from very far away. You know, I mean, one guy, one of the 30 is in Oregon. Another one is in Nebraska. Another one's in Kentucky. Uh, Several are in Maine, Florida, uh, North Carolina. I'm just trying to think of the ones who are always there. San Diego. Yeah, at Pennsylvania. Yep, they're strangers to me, except I feel like I've bonded and connected with all of them because I'm so grateful that I you know, can't help sending each one of them a thank you after the show every week. So I just feel very grateful for that. Yeah, when you first started this, were, like, did you have any expectations for it? Like, did you know that this was going to happen? Or were you just like, ah, people are streaming. I'm just going to like try this thing. 
absolutely no expectations. I asked for a Monday night slot and I was like, let's try this. And it was really weird. And I was nervous. And that, you know, that very first one, it's still sitting there on busking down the house. If you keep scrolling, scrolling down. And I actually, I was um, assembling the set list on my website right now. So I very briefly looked at it and gosh, it was so goofy and awkward that very first one. But at the very end of it, I think it was one of the last comments. There were like 20 something comments for that first stream. It was a, um, an ex-bandmate of mine's um, wife, she just commented, he rises. That's what she said at the very end. And for some reason, uh, her name's Stella, for some reason that comment just stuck with me. And I was like, hmm, I really think it was that comment that convinced me to send an email to Catherine and say, hey, can I do this next Monday again? Hmm. And then it was just steady after that. It was just a little bit more each, each week. Yeah, what number are you at now? You're almost at 50, right? Yeah, so that's actually a, a pretty exciting thing. I'm reaching 50. And just for 50, I um, was offered the opportunity to do the stream through Relics Magazine just for that week. So uh, that stream is going to go straight to Relics and then is going to be shared on Busking Down the House. So hopefully that'll find me a few new, a few new members of this community I've built here. That's awesome. No expectations. I don't like to, you know, have any big expectations for anything. Just be grateful for the opportunities I'm given and do my best to make it a good show. So when, like how long after kind of the lockdowns were happening or to, I have two questions. When was mm-hmm. your first stream and how did you get hooked up with busking down the house? I would say it was like the middle of March and I just saw so many people I knew from the jam band scene doing it. You know, I mean, uh, the folks from the, the One-Eyed Jack folks were doing it, the guys from Turbine, all these different bands that I knew over the years, they were all doing it. And it was being run by um, Alzi from the Jack's wife, Catherine Sisko. She was the ringleader of it and continues to be. And I just had to kind of throw my hat into the pool. I, it was right after lockdown. It was during that really weird voodoo time when we were all so uncomfortable and started around then, March I don't know the date, though. Yeah, well, and those that don't know what Busking Down the House is, it's a Facebook group. And I mean, it's evolving into a lot more, but it's a Facebook group where when COVID first started and we were all in lockdown, they provided a place where musicians could come and play and accept tips because they weren't able to go out and play their gigs and make money. And so it was a really amazing space. They even let me and my husband with our hip hop duo, the Middle Ages. We've done a couple of sets in Busking Down the House. We were openers for Greg on Mondays a couple of times. And it just, they really gave wonderful opportunities in a time. Like that was another silver lining. Like you could go down to Busking Down the House and just be like, you knew that there was going to be music all the time. It was like a lifesaver especially because all the music, you didn't know when you were going to be able to see it again. So it was a way to experience live music. And then Greg has like consistently stuck with it through the whole time, which is also why I think you're so successful because you've stuck with it. And so people were like, they need consistency, especially in these times when there's so much uncertainty and they know they're going to get their like medicine, their live music medicine from Greg every Monday. And I think that's also why like this has been, so powerful and why you have such a beautiful, amazing following of people that you now have this community around you supporting you. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm so grateful for it. Uh, You know, there's a few folks who actually they type the lyrics to the songs into the comments as I'm singing them. 
And man, I just, that's only really started over the course of the last month or so that became like a thing. And, uh, <laughs> there's nothing cooler than that. You know, I remember watching a rockumentary when I was in high school for Motley Crue and Tommy Lee saying, there's nothing more awesome than looking in the audience and seeing someone sing the words right back to you. And I mean, it's, to me, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm not on a huge stage with lights and all that kind of stuff. But when you put something out there and you write it and you take the time and it's, you know, that's an awful lot of work and time that goes into writing a well thought out song and to read the lyrics back to you and know that it's, you know, going from your heart to someone else's, to me is the most gratifying experience. One of the most gratifying experiences of my life. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, what do you feel like, I mean, this year has been really difficult for a lot of people and we've all been through so much. What do you feel like this has contributed to your life to be able to have the space to come and play and create this community over this time? I think it's kept me sane because just like everyone else, I'm dying for this to end and I'm going to continue it after it ends. But I think it's made me like my home more because now my home is not just the place where I'm raising my children and working and everything else, but, you know, it's become my creative space even more on a different level. And just as far as a creative outlet, I'm more motivated than ever to create because I always had a reason. I always had that, you know, that creative bug inside of me, but having an audience for the first time in my life that's really consistent and loyal has just made it that much more pressing and inspiring. So I'd say I'm more inspired than ever as an artist, without a doubt. And that would be the silver lining of this. Yeah, what do you think you would be doing if it was like life was as normal and COVID never came? Like, what do you think you would be doing now musically? I think I'd be doing the same thing because I was on, um, well, not the same thing, obviously, but I would be doing around the same thing that I was doing um, prior to this. So I had a band and I mean, I technically still have a band. We just haven't performed or seen each other in about a year. And our gigs were just starting to take off on a little level. You know, we had just played Garcia's in Port Chester for the first time. I had just booked my first gig with this new band, which was Gregory's Lemonade Band um, at the Brooklyn Ball. We were supposed to open up for the English Town Project um, over Memorial Day weekend of 2020. That was technically postponed. So it was, you know, and I was in a consistent pattern of releasing new singles every three or four months. So all of that would have continued. I would have been on that same, same steady stream. I don't, I'm certainly not a quitter. You know, I've never let, you know, middle age or anything else in life slow me down through the, you know, toughest times I've been through. I've still gotten a single out every year and been performing anywhere and everywhere I could. So I'd still be on that pattern. I just wouldn't have had this online audience. Sometimes I think to myself, boy, I should have thought of this like years ago. You know, I could have like pre-COVID, I could have just been on Facebook every single week playing. They had live streams. I didn't even think of it. I mean, as far as live on Facebook was concerned, before the this started, I would see a live stream and it would be someone on the beach like showing off about the waves they're seeing. I didn't see anyone doing live streams of music from home. What a great idea. But COVID made us think of this, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, I hope that this continues after COVID is over because like, 
you can't always go to all the shows all the time. But exactly. and then and there's you know not everyone is like lucky enough that they're able to actually go out and see music for whatever reason. And so this brings the live music experience to their home, and that should definitely continue. It makes it more accessible for everyone. Yeah, I was streaming my shows like the ones in clubs with the band and everything for the last couple months as well, and. I, I think I will continue to do that when live music returns. I hope, hopefully, you know, maybe even better quality on some level, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's probably happening. I know it's happened, you know, in the past year, things have gotten a little bit better mm-hmm. audio wise and things like that. So that's been cool. What do you see this? So you just mentioned the trajectory that you saw yourself on you know, if this hadn't happened, mm-hmm. what do you see the future looking like now that this has happened? It's very hard to say, you know, I don't like to um, count my eggs before they hatch. You know, sometimes I wonder, okay, will the online audience translate to a live audience? Are people going to be so antsy to go out because of all of this that it's just going to be like, <sighs> I don't know that it's, it's very hard mm-hmm. to say. I, uh, my audience is very scattered across the country. They're not all in one place. So it all depends. I mean, if people keep inviting more people and the community keeps growing, who knows? I mean, uh, I'm not someone who expects ever to be playing stadiums. I would certainly absolutely love to have the type of following that John Prine had, you know, just be able to play theaters that are made for music Mm. with a great band who I can pay enough to, um, to make ends meet. That would be the dream. And that's what my goal is and what I would hope for at some point. And that could be 5, 10, 15, 20 years or never maybe, but I'm still going to be making music and putting out music and playing. I'm going to keep playing Mondays no matter what. I'm pretty much saying that right now. So I think it's a great way just to keep myself creative and I don't see myself stopping that at any point. Yeah. I don't know. I I imagine like some of your, your listeners listening to this and I'm curious what they might want to know from Greg, if they had the opportunity to ask you, yeah, uh, what do you think? Is there anything that they ask you? Like what, what do they want to know after the show? Do they get to hang out and ask you questions or, you know, I bet that they would want to know about your songwriting. Yeah, that, I definitely get inquiries into what inspired this, where you get that idea from. I think a lot of my songwriting, though, it's a lot of it comes from like, you know, just emotional places throughout my life, different things that happen, things that are cycling through my mind as I'm kind of fighting my way through the stuff that we all fight our way through. And that's kind of my medicine. You know, I'm not much of a user, I guess you could say. So versus you know some people process pain have to process it on a chemical level musicians have that amazing luxury of having a creative outlet and artists of any kind have an advantage to get through various battles of life with a creative outlet and that's really where it all comes from and occasionally there are great stories that go along with some of the songs there's no doubt about that you know just about the randomness of things that people have said things that people have done uh that made me think of an idea that spurred a magical moment. And, you know, some songs are whimsical and aren't like that at all. Like a song called Hello September, which is basically me remembering uh, what it was like to, uh, to be, uh, you know, 
hopelessly in love high school kid. And I wrote it when I was in my mid thirties. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, the, I do get asked some questions about where certain songs come from. And I open up when I feel like it's a comfortable thing. Other times I just let the mystery be, like Iris DeMent would say. Hmm. Is there any song that you can remember coming in on a Monday and like maybe debuting it for the first time that felt a little like scary or a little raw? I don't know yes. if that happens, but yeah. Can yes. You speak to that. I could. So back in January, I did a thing where I had three new songs ready to go at the new year. And I was like, gosh, how am I going to like, you know, it's 2021 now it's a new year and I have all these new songs. I'm going to debut one new song a week. And I had a theme for each one and I put them on a piece of paper and it said, um, the themes are not sad anymore, wild and ambitious and fun and funky. And then I said, okay, everyone, guess which one I'm going to do each week. And of course, you know, I held off on the one that was wildly ambitious. That was the, that was the final one. I, you know, it's fun and funky. I think the biggest hit of the three is the one that's fun and funky, but I held off on the one called wildly ambitious. And it's a song that basically it's a suite of three sections that would be so daring to even attempt at an open mic. And, you know, the first part is on the upright bass. Then I have to do a really, really quick switch over to the acoustic bass for the second part, which is like a rock part. And then the third part, it slows down and it ends in this, in something that I think is going to be beautiful with a full band and like a big lush sound, but it's just me and a solo acoustic bass. And, you know, making that work was incredibly difficult and scary without a doubt, because so much and it was you know it's a song about um it's a song about native americans and the terrible atrocities in the 1800s and coming to grip with where we are in our lives in america and the sins of the past and it was just so much heavy stuff and i didn't know how people were going to respond to it so but i did it and it was the big wildly ambitious so i built up all this hype for it and yeah, I don't know. Those are the types of things that I do, though. I just, I don't, you know, I could very easily, you know, go out there and do Debbie Down every single week, or I could do pickup shoes every single week, the ones that I know everyone's going to be like, yeah, let's start dancing, you know? And I, you know, I, I, I definitely make sure I do enough to satisfy each show, but it's important for me to keep everyone on their toes by taking chances like that and doing things that are scary. I have to. Yeah, that's incredibly brave to like also like debut it, you know, in that in this way online and you know, by hyping people, it I up. Guess. Oh, I know. Yeah, hyping, hyping it up. <laughs> I know. I mean, and I don't know. It's you know, I don't know how much it re- actually resonated with people, but you know, what it was a chance. That's just what I do. I don't think um, there's anything satisfying about playing without um, some risk. Well, it sounds like that's that's just a part of who you are and you've been able to now translate that over into this sphere of, um, of showing up as a musician and, you know, creating. And it's awesome to hear that it's like just fed your creativity even more. And, and you've created this community that now, you know, comes to hear you every week. Yeah. This girl, Amanda in Nebraska, 
uh, she went out and she got a custom t-shirt printed that said, because uh, I said to her, you're my number one Nebraska fan. She's like, I'm so proud of that title. So she went out and got a shirt that says, uh, it's like a football jersey and it says McLaughlin's number one Nebraska fan. And I was like, that is amazing. And then the girls, the, uh, you know, the, I guess it's like four of them, uh, Bree, Marissa, Lisha, and Cherry, uh, they, they sent me a shirt to celebrate my 50th and I wore it last week, which was so sweet of them. And then they all got shirts. They all say TGIM, which is the, basically TGIM is their little slogan. They started it, but it kind of stuck. Like, thank God it's Friday instead. Thank God it's Mm -hmm. Monday. Yeah. And they're always like, Tuesdays suck. I don't want Tuesday to come. They say all these silly things, but they just keep saying them and it sticks. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so Mm. cool. That's amazing. That's how you know that like you've got something special going on when there's like their own little private like jokes and secrets about when just that's like you've made it. Oh, and I'm playing with them, too. You know, with with some of my little props and stuff, you know, I'm playing with them a little, too. It's like it's a game. It's like a fun little game we have. Yeah, people, I remember, like, you had a fish cup one time, and then people are like, always. what What cup yeah, is he going to drink, and what's in his cup? Like, that's, like, a lot of the comments people are wondering. Oh, there, you got it right there. <laughs> it's always the baker's dozen cup, always. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very popular cup. cup. Yes. <laughs> Everybody that has one loves it. I do not have a baker's dozen cup, but uh, I have a lot of friends yeah. that do. You can get one and on eBay, always... I think. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, like, to me, that is... That's the epitome. Fish went out there and played 13 nights at Madison Square Garden, two set shows, and did not repeat a song for the entire 13 nights. They could have done a couple fluff heads. They could have done a couple, you know, Divided Skies or something. But they, you know, and I think that's such a huge inspiration for me is how they would always take a chance and they would always do the unpredictable. And sometimes it was incredible. Sometimes it fell a little bit flat over the years. But what drew you to that was the fact that you never knew what was going to happen. So, you know, on my own little level where it's just me in my base in the kitchen, I'm trying to, um, trying to make them proud with that risk taking. So I think the Baker's dozen being the ultimate example of them doing that, you know, having that Baker's dozen cup, uh, I'm always going to be drinking from that because it's an inspiration to me. So, and actually my last Baker's dozen show, I only saw three of them, but, uh, one of my viewers who's there every single week, you know, the one that I actually know, uh, he's up in Maine. I was at Baker's Dozen with him too. So it's a tip of the hat to him as well. His name's Razor. Yeah. I love how you said like, you know, you, you might fall flat on your face because you're taking a risk, but it's worth it. And it, and it is for us too, as audience members, like, because otherwise it would just be so boring if everybody was safe all the time. So I don't mind when people like, forget the words or like totally mess up or like all of a sudden the jam just falls apart and they're like, ah, that's like what I like. That makes the show just as special to me as when everything comes together and is perfect. I think the best example is my very, very first show. Anyone who was there knows this. There were only a few people there. My very first one back in March, the second song of my first show I broke a string on my acoustic bass, which I never do. I never break a string. And I just switched to my electric bass for the rest of the show. I think it was just, I was, it was a nervous energy. I don't break strings on the bass. You know how hard it is to do, but, um, no, but um, yeah, that, that was, that, it hasn't happened since, but the very, very first show. And I was, I was nervous. I was taking a, I think I was taking a chance right there. Just getting out there and doing this was a huge 
to me, it felt like a huge risk. I was really nervous. I'm still nervous, mm-hmm. but not, you know, just different. I'm mm-hmm. like a combination of nervous and excited every week. Yeah. What is your process for preparing for the show? Oh, I do have quite a process, actually. Uh, I get off work at four o'clock, so I've got a four hour window there. And some days I'm just like, you know what? I've got a quick opportunity here to either go to Sam's Clubbing or uh, Trader Joe's to get food for my family and stuff. So I might run out just to, um, you know, just to get some energy out or take a quick walk. And then I very often uh, turn on uh, 60s on 6 on Sirius XM because I find 60s pop music to really it's got a certain groove to it that it always kind of keeps me happy and keeps me in a good place. And I set up, I mean, there's a good amount to set up. There's a lot of wires. There's uh, I basically transform my kitchen into a stage. So I've got to move the table to the side. I've got to bring all the chairs out. I've got to get, I got a little light. I've got the cameras and all that stuff. I've got um, a long 50 foot network cable because I can't count on Wi-Fi to make sure I'm going to have a good signal. So there's a lot to do, but then I always have to, um, take time in the course of those uh, two hours to a do breathing exercises because um, I've been through speech therapy over the course of the last year. Uh, that was actually why I took a three week break back in September because I was afraid that I was getting um, going to have nodes in my, and I had to go see an ENT because I was having some struggles, but it just turned out it was getting a better pillow to sleep with at night and do and learning how to speak from the front of my mouth instead of from my throat. And so I, I'd always make sure I work on my speech therapy exercises for a little bit. And I just do some breathing exercises because all that stuff is huge, especially with the changing weather and the humidity and, you know, taking my singing for what it is so seriously. And then I always do a vocal warm up um, using recordings from my uh, vocal lessons because I also have a vocal coach. So I do that kind of stuff. Oh, and I always blast my friends with text messages about an hour beforehand. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't want to annoy people, but I just feel like, you know, what the hell? So I just blast my friends with text messages being like, come on, I'm going live at eight. Join me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't expect replies. And I don't expect them all to tune in every week. But, you know, it reminds the more casual old college friends and family members that I'm still doing this. So mm-hmm. I don't have the people who come every week. I don't need to blast them. They're always mm-hmm. there. This is yeah. just to uh, to get some old friends and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Spread the love even wider. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I do a lot, huh? Whew. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's time flies. I very rarely turn the TV on during that time um, or anything like that. I don't usually sit down. If I do sit down, I might fall asleep because it's usually been a long day after working and all that. So, well, I'm curious what you do for work, but you don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. <laughs> no, it's okay. I do IT and it's just, uh, it's been a good source of stability to uh, ensure that I can have a family and, uh, and take them on vacation when I want to uh, take them on vacation and not live hand to mouth. So I do IT. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for quite some time and it's worked out well for me. You know, the uh, Tom Marshall does IT, uh, Scott Murawski from Max Creek does IT. They're out there, us, us uh, musicians who also are computer experts. So, yeah, yeah, especially in our community, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a very somebody. stressful. It's a stressful career, on some levels, but um, 
you know, if you, if you really get your skills down, so you know what you're doing, it's a heck of a lot less stressful than, you know, half-assing it. So. Yeah. Is there some sort of connection since there are so many musicians that are also like IT professionals? Is there like, is there a reason why that is or? Uh, Some people think so, but I don't really see it. Uh, For me, it's just very, very separate. And, you know, one of the reasons I have a real trouble, uh, with a lot of the, you know, really getting my like social media savvy and getting my website super great is because I'm doing that all day. And the second I'm done, all I want to do is the creative juices. That's all, you know, Uh, obviously Mm -hmm. I want to raise my family and uh, do a great job as a dad first and foremost, but um, any extra time, I just want to, you know, I want to flex the creative muscles. I don't want to be on a computer. I don't want to be, you know, making the perfect Instagram tweets and hashtags and all that stuff. It's just, it's just not for me. So, you know, I have to pick my battles in life and the creativity is what's going to make it happen more than the hashtags at this point for me. Yeah. I always like to imagine the, like, like Scott Morosi, I was thinking after Max Creek, I was like, how do you go back to work when people are like, what'd you do this weekend? And be like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> exactly. I played on stage for thousands of crazy hippies, like dancing around. And they're like, Oh man, I like, sat on the couch and watch football or I don't know, whatever, but <laughs> it's just like, it's so interesting of like how, like, that's what you would do. Like you too. This is like what you would do on the weekend. And then you come back to work. And I just, I just was like the, the cooler talk just it makes me laugh so hard of like, Oh, what'd you do? What do you do? And then have the musician explain what they did and people be like, what? Gosh, you know, I hope it's it Scott does. I'm pretty darn sure he told me that at Strange Creek about 15 years ago. I think it is um, too, if I remember correctly as well. Yeah, I'd hate to misquote and him yeah. be like, if "Oh we're no, wrong, I'm a Scott, I'm reach a out and tell us. We'll fix it." <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> <Neuros>. exactly. <laughs> it's like actually, I'm a neurosurgeon. We'll be like, "Whoops, we were a little off." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you, I just, I am, I, I am. When people ask me what I do, I've gotten to the point that I say, I'm a musician, but I also do IT. Uh, but at the same time, I, um, I do take my career very seriously because, like I said, it's a, course, it's, a, um, it's a source of stability for me, and I do like the work. Well, I'd love to hear if you have any, I don't know, advice or just something special to tell people who, because, I mean, as I said, this has been really challenging for a lot of us this past year, and this is not going to be the first time that we go through something challenging. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to be able to really take this and to create something beautiful out of it, do you have any advice for others on doing that or something that was helpful for you that you could leave with our listeners? I think my best advice would be to, to get outside and not completely lock yourself inside with all of this and to, you know, get out and get some nature in you and do lots of walking and soul searching and, and let that inspire any sort of creative energy that you might have that might be inside and needs to come out. And then to just, if any opportunity presents itself, just take that opportunity. Don't second guess it. And I think that, you know, that, is for anything in life, not just music. I think that, um, but especially when it comes to an opportunity uh, for a creative platform for anything that you're doing, if you're an aspiring songwriter, aspiring bass player, aspiring guitarist, aspiring drummer, take those chances if they come to you, be safe 
and let nature inspire you. Nice. So Greg, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Well, I hope to see you guys on a Monday on Busking Down the House page where I perform at eight o'clock every single week. I really, really hope that everyone will follow my YouTube page, which I haven't promoted well enough. So I don't have an enormous amount of followers, but I do release brand new videos every couple months. And I write music for other artists. So there's several songs that are out with videos that um, I wrote for other great artists um, who sing my music. I hope you check all that out. I have playlists on Spotify of all my originals. I have playlists on YouTube of all of my originals. And I can't wait to do live shows again and hope to see you out there wherever I can perform with the band when things come back to normal. But until then, I hope to see you guys Mondays at eight o'clock on Busking Down the House. And that's eight o'clock Eastern time, right? Yes, eight o'clock Eastern time, correct. And it's free. And it's free. It's can free. they tip you if they want to, though? You know what? Um, I have, I know it's a great source of income for a lot of musicians to accept tips, but instead of tips, I just ask everyone to invite more friends. I just say, thank you so much. I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to send tips and they ask me for my Venmo address, but instead of a tip, can you invite one friend next week, invite two friends, just be like, Hey, come hang out with me because um, it's really a hang. You know, most of the comments are about the music and the songs, but there's also, uh, you know, sometimes there's just other laughs thrown in there and it's just a good time. It's a party. I really enjoy reading the comments. It's a blast. That's cool. And then can you tell people what your YouTube channel and your Spotify channel are so that they can make sure or we can tell them after? <laughs> yep. Um, well, there's only one Gregory McLaughlin on any okay. of it. So the actual handles are a little bit um, hard to articulate. So Let's just stick with if you if you want to hear Gregory McLaughlin's music and you look them up, uh, the very you know what the best thing to do is just Google these two words, Gregory Lemonade, because the very first hit on Google is my song Lemonade. That's my signature song that everyone knows. Uh, And then from there, you know, if you like it, you're going to want to find more and you're not going to have any trouble. So go with that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This is amazing. I'm so thrilled that you had me. So grateful. We're so grateful to have you and to get to spend this time with you and to, like, be inspired to, you know, when things are are a little rough, like, it's like, okay, well, that's what's true. So this is what I'm going to do. And then you created something beautiful. And now you're making all these people happy all over the whole country with your music. So thank you so much for your contribution and all that you do. It's all about Lemonade. That's it. That's what I was going to say. And how appropriate, because when you're given lemons and you make some lemonade. There you go. There you go. Give it a yeah, listen, that's everybody. Our, that's our theme. <laughs> yeah. Theme change at the very end, which I mean, basically, it's the same thing, right? Making lemonade in the silver lining. So that's exactly. right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Thank you. Oh, wow, Leah, I'm so inspired by Greg and his community that he has cultivated since the beginning of the pandemic. You know, he's been at this music thing for years, and he's always had quite a following, but I just love what he's created and how he has the consistent Monday night show that has like brought so much joy to so many people. Yeah, that was so fun to hear about. And it it really sounded like it 
it is really um, so special to both sides. Like to Greg, you know, he's really getting something from it. And then the people that are coming and showing up are really getting something from it too. And it's always just so nice to hear about those, you know, like ways of making lemonade out of all of these lemons that we've been given over this past year. Because there are, you know, we can get stuck on like all of the things that we've lost and all of the things that aren't right. Um, but it it helps us to feel a lot better when we can really remember the things that, that we've gained or the opportunities that we've had and the things that are right. And this is certainly a great story of that. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I think that's why so many people are so connected to it too, because they're seeing him make his lemonade and sing his song called Lemonade. And, mm-hmm. and it just kind of brings it all together. And it kind of like, I feel like it's giving people a moment where they're like kind of forgetting everything that's going on in the world just for a second or mm-hmm. I guess an hour or two, depending on how long he plays. And and that, that's really needed during these times. Yeah. And that's what the live music experience gives people so often. You know, it's like when we go to the show, it's an opportunity for us to just like leave our stress and our worries at the door in the parking lot, wherever it is, wherever on the dance floor, wherever we can finally, you know, shake them off and just be able to fully bring ourselves to that moment and to receive the beautiful gift of the music that's being given. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's so beautiful that he got to, they got to do that and we got to talk to him about it. And now all of you listening have learned about this. So you definitely have to go check him out on Monday. Yeah. But you know, that, that was also a piece that really stood out to me was that consistency. And so I'd really like to highlight that for the. Did you know? So, you know, Greg showed up on a consistent basis, week after week after week. And that allowed the people that were there the ability to know that he was going to be there on a consistent basis, week after week after week. And I, th- I really think that that was a piece of his uh, success in this and also helped to create the safety in this community. Because when we can kind of settle into knowing that something that we can expect something to happen on a regular basis, it does allow ourselves to kind of settle into that safety, right? So we've talked a lot about feeling safe and how we can feel safe enough to be able to open up to the transformative experience of live music. And for the most part, and thank you, Reed Mathis, for bringing this up, but it's been about, you know, the people that we surround ourselves by. But there can also be safety that is created in within the ritual of things and the uh, kind of regular basis of things. So there's a lot of ritual actually that happens within our live music experience. There is the, you know, the the stuff that happens before the show. So getting together with our friends and maybe there's a lot scene that's happening or there's, 
you know, the whole vending and Shakedown Street and all of that. And we can really kind of rely on that to happen depending on where the venue is. And then there is the walking up to the show and going through security and okay, we know what to expect in that in a in a sense. And then we find our place and maybe we tend to go to the same place. Like we might have, maybe we love Page side or maybe we love Mike's side or we love, you know, whatever band that we're going to see side. And so that creates that regularity. And then there are the people that we see that are around us there. There's the, the lights going down that signals to us that the band is about to step out on stage. There's the, usually for the music that we go to see the two sets, right? So there's the first set and the second set, and then there's the encore. And we can kind of relax into that ritual of that. And by having all of those things happen on a regular basis that we can predict and depend on, it allows us to be able to let go and to like sink into that, okay, I know it's coming because this has happened before and it allows our nervous system to relax and to calm down. And that just opens us up to connection and to whatever magic might lie within all of that happening. Wonderful. That's, I I love learning from you because you like, you experience all of these things yourself, but then it's so validating to hear from you of like why that is and how it's actually true. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And for my section. Daily Jam. We, I'm going to challenge you to create some consistency in your life and have it come from yourself. So I want you to think of something that like you love to do that you could consistently do either you're going to choose if you can do it every day or if you can do it once a week and you'll pick that day. And it's something that you're, you know that you can do. So it can't be something that's like so wild and crazy that you, it might not be able to happen. It has to be something you know for sure that you are able to do and that you can do consistently. Maybe it's like you buy a bar of chocolate and every Monday you like slowly eat one piece of the bar and just really enjoy it and that's your ritual. Maybe it's every Tuesday you pick a song that you love or you put even your music on shuffle and whatever song comes up, you like close your eyes and dance to that song and you do that every Tuesday. So I just want you to create a ritual for yourself that you can do consistently and pick either once a week or every single day. And if you're doing it every day, I would suggest picking a time that you do it every day so that remains consistent and see what happens and see if you feel all of the things that Leah talked about when you are creating this consistent ritual in your life every day or every week. Yeah. And notice how like you might create that trust within yourself too. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. We'd love to hear about what you're going to do. And also like 
how it's making you feel. And also if you are doing something consistently right now, Mm -hmm. like what is that? And then how does it make you feel? Do you feel safe? Do you feel like, what are the feelings that you're feeling and share it in the groove therapy community or the groove therapy podcast community on Facebook? We'd love Mm -hmm. to hear from you. Yeah. And if you want to listen to more of Greg's music, or if you want to find him on Facebook, On there, he goes by Gregory, and the way to spell his last name is M-C-L-O-U-G-H-L-I-N, and you can find him there. Yeah, so definitely check him out on YouTube and Facebook. And and Spotify. Spotify. He's everywhere. (laughs) And check out one of his Monday, Monday streams on Busking Down the House. He would love to see you there, too. Yes, and we are a part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there are so many good podcasts on there, so you should definitely go and check them all out. There's something for everyone, and let us know which podcast is your favorite, and maybe if it's one that we haven't heard yet, we'll take a listen, so you can share that with us on the Groove Therapy Podcast community page on Facebook, and also follow us on Instagram at Groove Therapy Podcast. Yeah. So thanks so much, everybody. We'll catch you next time. We love you so much, and we hope you have an amazing day. Yay.